Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. As we wrap up what has been a very busy week. So many things going on. It's just hard to keep up with everything. We're going to touch on a lot of them on our show today. Uh, the president is, of course, touting his uh, tariff strategy, but the Farmers for Free Trade Coalition is launching a, a huge campaign to point out the pain that tariffs are causing agriculture. We're going to talk with Brian Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade, on today's show. Arlen Suderman with INTLFC Stone will join us to discuss how the markets are reacting to all this news. And Scott Irwin, ag economist at the University of Illinois, will join us. want to get his thoughts on the aid package as well as some interesting uh, developments on the RFS. Now, the president in Iowa indicates he's very close to uh, granting E15 sales year-round. But earlier in the week, we heard from interim EPA administrator Andrew Wheeler that it would have to be part of a package deal maybe including REN exports, exports, uh, RENs for export, I should say, and uh, the biofuels industry does not like that idea. They do not want this so-called package deal. So uh, where are we with that? Kind of confusing statements, one from the president, one from the EPA administrator, and we'll see how all that sorts out in the days to come. So all sorts of things going on. Let's bring in Jerry Hagstrom from the Hagstrom Report to uh, talk about some of these things. And Jerry, Almost don't know where to start, but I do want to mention the farm bill because we thought by now we would know the Senate conferees, but looks like we're going to wait a little while longer on that. Um, uh, that's right. Uh, well, good morning, Mike, and good morning to the listeners. Uh, but um, Senator McConnell's office announced yesterday that the Senate will vote next week on a motion to go to conference on the farm bill, and then McConnell can appoint the conferees. Now, the next big question that we've got is who will be the conferees and what influence will that have on the conference? Senator Grassley, who wants strict payment limits, is saying he's afraid of being excluded. Uh, He thinks Senator Thune might also be excluded. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, and uh, as we wait for that, at least there was a meeting of the big four, the chairman and ranking members of each of the committees. They, they've had some talks, so hopefully that uh, that's a sign of good things to come. Yes, at least they're willing to get together. Uh, I think the big thing really is uh, whether House Speaker Ryan insists on his uh, position on the food stamps, which would mean that there would be work requirements and restricted eligibility for food stamps, Uh, I think that is the hardest thing to get over, but the second would be the differences in the two bills over payment limits with the Senate bill uh, making payment limits for farm farm subsidies stricter and the House bill making it easier for farmers, uh, especially big farmers and members of families and farmers, uh, farm families, uh, to, to get payments. So we'll see how all that plays out. Now let's turn to trade. President Trump... Uh, in the Midwest, touting his uh, tariffs uh, strategy and his Make Our Farmers Great Again campaign. But as I mentioned earlier, Farmers for Free Trade, a huge uh, uh, ag coalition, is launching a big campaign to point out the pain that farmers and, and producers are feeling because of the tariffs. So we have two different messages going out here. Uh, yes, we certainly do. And the thing that I noticed yesterday 
uh, is that the uh, Agriculture Department put out some statements about groups praising the, uh, uh, the, the trade aid, as they're calling it. Uh, but if you look carefully at those statements, the Agriculture Department just picked parts of those statements because in a lot of those statements, the farm groups, of course, thanked the administration for doing something, but then they said they re the real issue is that we should be uh, negotiating uh, to get rid of these two sets of tariffs, the tariffs that the United States imposed and then the retaliatory tariffs. So I think the only, the, as far as I can tell, the only people who are really supporting this trade aid are people in the administration and some House, uh, some House members. Mike Conaway has praised this, the chairman of the House Ag Committee, but a lot of people are really critical of it, saying it's, it's a step backwards in, in world trade. The president's talking about uh, how well the economy is doing, and that, that's good news. But if the ag economy was doing the, as well, then wouldn't they not have needed that aid package? Well, that's right. And here we're, we're in this situation in which the general economy is doing well. There's no denying that. But agriculture is not. And actually, that's often the case because uh, the rest of the economy can take advantage of low commodity prices. Uh, but, you know, that's bad for farmers. And, of course, it, what looks like t could be very good news, a deal between the U.S. and E.U., but we start hearing some things that uh, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be or uh, the E.U. spin seems to be different than the U.S.'s, which is to be expected. But uh, what do we really know about uh, this agreement between the U.S. and the E.U.? I think we do know that the European Union will buy more soybeans, but that's about all we know. And the U.S. negotiators are saying they can do some negotiations on agriculture, and the EU is saying no. Uh, and if you go, I, I read carefully the statements uh, of Trump and the EU Commission President Juncker uh, at the White House, and you know they're quite vague, so you can interpret it the way you want, and that's what's happening. And on NAFTA. Uh some things you read and hear sounds like maybe there's some momentum to get something done relatively soon, but uh, then you hear something else that doesn't sound like it's nearly as close. What are you hearing? Well, yesterday, both uh, Robert Lighthizer, the U.S. trade rep, and the Mexican economy minister said they could do a deal on NAFTA by the end of August. And then Lighthizer said that he hoped that if you, the U.S. and Mexico reached agreement, then Canada would come to the table as well. Now, the importance of this is that if you did a deal by the end of August, uh, then it's possible that the current Mexican president could sign the deal and it would be, before he leaves office on December 1st. If not, it would get dragged into next year because of the U.S. Trade Promotion Authority requirement that there be consideration of it uh, in, uh, in Congress. So uh, it's a little hard to tell and also... Uh, you know, if the U.S. really thinks that Canada is going to make major concessions on dairy, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, so, uh, you know, one month, maybe. We may have a hot August on, on, on trade, though. So uh, we hear about a possible deal between U.S. and Mexico, but yesterday we were hearing that Mexico and Canada are insisting they want a trilateral deal. So uh, is there, how is this going to play out? Well, that's right. I think Mexico and Canada said earlier in the week that they are not willing to do two separate deals. So, I, but I, so what I think that the U.S. and Mexico hope, at least, is that if the U.S. and Mexico do reach agreement, 
then Canada will come along. Uh, but we'll just have to we'll have to see about that. And of course, it's really you know it's about five weeks if you're going to do the deal by August 30th. Wow, it just seems like more and more questions are out there. We we think we start getting answers, and then more questions pop up. So much going on, Jerry. Thanks for your perspective. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, and have a and have a good August. All right, it's going to be a fun and interesting one. It's going to be a busy one. Uh, we'll see how much fun it is. It's going to be uh, a lot of news, a lot of big decisions. We hope it'll be positive for agriculture. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report joining us. All right. Coming up next, Brian Keel, Executive Director for Farmers for Free Trade. They're pointing out the pain that agriculture is feeling because of the tariffs that President Trump is touting as a good way to get things done. We'll talk about this campaign and the effects of tariffs with Brian Keel next on Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. 
Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. President Trump is touting his tariffs strategy as a way of getting things done and correcting what he sees as issues that, uh, with other countries that uh, uh, need to be addressed, and he's going to force the issue with these tariffs. Meanwhile, the Farmers for Free Trade Coalition is launching today a multi-million dollar campaign to point out the pain that is being caused to farmers and livestock producers across the nation because of the tariffs. Let's talk with Brian Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, thanks for joining us again. Obviously, two different messages here. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, two, two different messages. Um, and, and I think our, our real concern is, like you said, it's the, the impacts that are happening on farmers today. You know, our, our new ad features Peter Navarro, uh, uh, President Trump's trade advisor, talking about uh, talking about how the impacts are just surrounding there when you look at the size of the U.S. economy. And our message back is these are real lives and real people that are being impacted. I mean, we have farmers who have gone out of business uh, because of milk prices due to this, uh, this trade war. And, and we, have, uh, we have real impacts happening on agriculture with steel prices, farm equipment prices going up. Uh, this is not a rounding error. These are real people, and, and Peter Navarro and other advisors to President Trump need to understand that. I mentioned this in the last segment. Uh, the president is pointing out, and rightfully so, how the economy is doing well and improving, and that those are good things. But obviously the ag economy is not or else we wouldn't need the $12 billion aid package. And uh, a big reason that that's needed is because of, of the tariffs. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the aid package is an admission of impact, right? It's, it's, it's saying, okay, we're hurting farmers, so we're going we're gonna to provide this aid. And on the one hand, the aid is welcome. Of course, you know, if we can, if we can, if we can lessen the impact, we should. But it also misses the forest for the trees. You know, the bigger issue is, we're shutting down our markets to places where we sell our goods, and we're giving our competitors a foothold to get in and start selling products. So if you do that and then you provide an aid package, so people kind of go along and say, okay, well, this isn't so bad, and you keep us shut out of markets even longer, give our competitors even more of a chance to get in, you know, we're just compounding the problem, and the long-term damage really is going to be, going to be uh, hard to recover from. And we've, we've heard some comments from administration officials that uh, these trade issues with China could go on for years. That's, uh, that's concerning. It, absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of the nature of trade disputes. That's why we've been concerned about this trade war. You look at the Mexican trucking dispute that the U.S. had years ago with Mexico where they put tariffs on U.S. apples. You know, that was a couple of years to repair that problem. And, and that's just to get back to where you don't have tariffs. Then the point of reestablishing the market and, and being able to sell your products, you know, that can take decades if you do serious damage to, to your trading relationships. Now, on the positive side, it seems encouraging what we're hearing about uh, an agreement between the U.S. and the EU. What do you make of that? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, one, one message that's really important for the Trump administration to hear from farmers is, we want you to cut deals. You know, President Trump came into office as a businessman with deal-making ability, 
and and we like that, and we'd like to see deals. We'd like to see, what we'd like to see is deals that expand our market, so into new areas like like Asia. You know, one of the first things President Trump did was pulled us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which would have opened access to Vietnam and Japan and other countries. Let's get back on track and, and start cutting new deals. The EU deal, too early to tell what kind of what kind of details there are. You know, it's very similar to the deal that was announced with China uh, before we went back and started putting tariffs on again, where there was a sort of, they're going to buy more of our stuff, everything's okay. <clears throat> but then a few weeks later, we were back in the trade war. We're, we're concerned that's what we're going to see with Europe. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, until we see the details and actually see more sales going to the EU, whether it's soybeans or whatever, we, we need to kind of temper our enthusiasm until it actually happens. We're talking with Brian Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, we're also hearing that maybe uh, we're getting some momentum going again on NAFTA. What are you hearing there? Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, you know, the big wild card for a while has been the Mexican elections uh, and Obrador coming in as president and, and what that will mean for our ability to get a deal. We thought for a while a deal was within reach. Um, the concern was that we had some, some, some asks on our end that were not reasonable. For example, the United States was saying we wanted NAFTA to sunset every five years. Uh, that's just silly. You know, if we're trying to make long-term investment decisions, whether it's U.S. ag or autos, you don't make in long-term decisions on a five-year cycle. So the U.S. needs to kind of let some of those uh, some of those demands go that, frankly, aren't good for the U.S. either. And and I think we'll have we'll have a deal, and and that's what we should do. Let's let's nail down NAFTA so we remove that uncertainty, and then we can focus on these other disputes. We're talking with Brian Keel, Executive Director for Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, I mentioned uh, your your huge campaign that is getting underway. Tell us uh, what all it will entail. Sure. So Farmers for Free Trade has launched the Tariffs Hurt the Heartland campaign. Uh, you can find information on that either at our website, which is farmersforfreetrade.com, or tariffshurt.com. Um, and the point of Tariffs Hurt the Heartland is couplefold. Number one, we want to really start uh, emphasizing the impacts that we're seeing and telling real stories about real people. You know, it's sort of, though I mentioned earlier, how Peter Navarro had said this is all a rounding error. We think it's really important that the face of the impact be very clear to everyone involved. There are real costs to these types of trade disputes. So we're going to be telling the stories of farmers who are hurt, of, uh, of ag equipment dealers who are hurt, etc. The other thing to note, though, uh, tariffs hurt the heartland is, is, is an opportunity to build a coalition, though, with manufacturing, with consumer groups. Uh, because it's not just farmers as ag producers who are being hurt. You know, it is the equipment manufacturer. Uh, those are real blue-collar jobs that are being hurt as farm equipment sales uh, get impacted. Same with grain bins. You know, we, we have multiple stories of uh, grain bin prices going up and, and sales declining. So we want to tell these stories, and that's that's what we're trying to do with this campaign. Because there are many layers to this, and the effects of tariffs... Uh, I know the president frames it as a means to getting good deals, but in the meantime, there are a lot of layers to the damage that, and the effects of it that are being felt. Well, well, that's right, and that's another reason why an aid package is not a substitute for trade. Um, you know, if you write a check, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, you know, the equipment dealer who can't sell a combine is going to be made whole or the Main Street business that would have bought, you know, that would have sold advertising to that equipment dealer is made whole. You know, ag is the cornerstone, the center pillar of so many communities in the U.S.
course, the president has made it a point to say he's going to take care of farmers and farmers are going to be happy with how all this is going to turn out. Um, sometimes, though, the, the actions have not seemed to go with the words that we're hopeful it's going to be that way at some point. But the, uh, there is pain in the meantime. There is, and, and, you know, one of the concerns, and I think most farmers uh, are willing to give the president some leeway and say, look, you know, we elected you to try to cut deals for us, and, and we appreciate that you're trying. I think the concern is there doesn't seem to be a plan. You know, if, if you wanted to go after China, we don't be there. Let's go after China. But to go after China, Canada, Mexico, the EU, Turkey, India, all at the same time, I mean, it's just a real scattershot approach, and it, it both weakens our negotiating stance and it puts American farmers really getting, they're getting squeezed everywhere. So, you know, it's, it's almost as though Trump's trade advisors were so eager to have a trade war, they, they bit off more than they could chew, and, and it's now really having an impact on U.S. agriculture. I think that's a good point. There are so many battles being fought on trade around the world that uh, it, it leaves you vulnerable. Even if you get one fixed, you've got several others that there are still pending so uh, i mean there are a lot of fires to put out that's right and, and the countries know that we're fighting on multiple fronts you know again if if we had gone after china on let's say intellectual property issues and we'd done it with europe and with canada and with mexico together we'd be much stronger and have more leverage over china but because we went it alone and started fighting with our allies china sits back and goes well the u.s doesn't have the leverage you know if you you start squeezing me here, I'll squeeze you, and I'll start buying products from your competitors. And that's exactly what's happening. All right, Brian, thanks for being with us. We'll be watching uh, for the, you know, to see the messaging going out to, to call attention to the pain agriculture's feeling from the tariffs. And uh, we'll stay in touch with you as developed, uh, things continue to develop. Thank you very much. Sure, appreciate it, Mike. Take care. You, you bet. Brian Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade. Well, how are the markets looking at all of this uh, all of this news? The aid package, uh, maybe some movement on NAFTA, what uh, what's been announced, what we know of so far with the, the U.S. and the EU. And how do the markets just feel about this in general, the uncertainty about China? We're going to talk about it with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone, coming up next. Then later in the program, University of Illinois Ag Economist Scott Irwin. Want to get his thoughts on the RFS as well as the aid package. All that still to come on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. 
Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network, and today I'm broadcasting from Medora, North Dakota, where National Day of the Cowboy will be celebrated this weekend at the North Dakota Hall of Fame in historic Medora, North Dakota. For the grain and oil seed sector and soybean futures, we are trending 10 and a fraction higher. September up 10 and a quarter at 876 and a half, uh, about an hour into the day. November up 10 and a half. 886 and a half. Cooler weather looks to hang around the next week to 10 days in the Corn Belt with mixed moisture potential with a growing focus now on early August weather with the advanced state of the corn and soybean crops, especially in southern growing areas. Corn, new crop December up a penny, 376 and three quarters. For the wheats, the winter wheats of Chicago and Kansas City yesterday, giving back some of that big 30 cent rally we saw on Wednesday. That rally led by Minneapolis spring wheat after the hard red spring and Durham tour moved through the northern plains, revealing good yields compared to a year ago, but not quite as good as some were expecting. Minneapolis spring wheat September up two at 590 and three quarters. December up three and a quarter at 605. For livestock at the Merck on this Friday, live cattle futures October contract up 20 at 109.57. A stalemate continues in the cash cattle markets of the Central and Southern Plains. Bids at 110, asking prices 115 or higher. Feeder cattle August contract up a nickel at 151.35. Lean hog futures, October down 90, 51.35. Cash expectations steady to a dollar lower on this Friday. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 30, NASDAQ up 5, crude oil up 12 cents a barrel. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DMA 0031. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, there's certainly a lot of news for the markets to uh, react to, and let's uh, see how they're reacting. We check in with uh, Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, thanks for joining us. Seems like every day uh, another big news item comes across. Uh, how are the markets uh, reacting to all this? 
Well, I think the good news is is that the fear is easing about the trade war. It certainly helped uh, when uh, Europe came in and we had a favorable meeting with President Trump. Um, but I, I think the market, what I see is the market becoming less sensitive to uh, adverse trade news regarding China. It's like it's priced in. We took prices down, and the fund said, you know, kind of, we're not sure we can take it lower, and we don't like stagnant prices, so maybe we better take some profits. They're not really building any length in the market at this point. It's mostly short covering, but we are seeing slow signs of a bottoming action, and that makes those funds holding those big short positions nervous. makes the end users nervous, too, and they start extended coverage. Uh, you know, that's not the making necessarily of bull market, but at least we've stopped the bleeding and we're starting to see prices come back up. How positive, not knowing the details, but how positive could this U.S.-EU deal be for soybeans? The most positive thing that I heard and that I'm sure that Presidency of China heard uh, was yesterday I saw an interview with Larry Kudlow, chief economic advisor for President Trump, who was in the meeting between Trump and Juncker. And he said that uh, the European leader had confirmed that China, what had been reported earlier by Reuters, that China had been lobbying European leaders to join them in their fight against the United States, and they had said no, but that they were making a commitment to the United States to join forces with the United States to fight against China. The United States and and Europe together um, compose more than 50% of the world's trade, and China's a big part of being on the other end of that. So uh, that must have sent tremors through uh, President Xi when he heard that. Yeah, that makes it uh, a huge development for sure. Now, we hear things like, okay, the European Union doesn't actually buy. The member countries would buy. So how how do we sort through all this now? Well, of course, the the big reaction to the soybean market was that they committed to buy soybeans, and uh, that, that was an easy commitment for them to make. They don't have much choice. Uh, Brazilian soybeans are buck sixty-five to buck seventy above U.S. fob prices at the Gulf, and right now Brazil supplies with their current pace, shipment pace, they should run out of exportable supplies by late September if we maintain that pace. So Europe is going to have to come to us anyway. They've already upped their buying starting when the trade war started and U.S. prices started falling. They started increasing their purchases relative to the previous year's pace. So I'm not too worried about them making those purchases. They'll do it because that's the economically smart thing to do. So the old adage, uh, the cure for low prices is low prices. Just the low price is making us attractive right now. Absolutely, and and if if we're correct on Brazilian exportable supplies being gone in late September, that means there's about a five-month period where we'll be the only show in the in the global market, the only place to get soybeans, uh, which will put some real pressure on Brazilian crushers and their livestock industry right about the time the next round of tariffs go into effect against Chinese on another $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. I, I think China's uh, President Xi is going to try to hold this out as long as possible, hoping that something will happen to undermine President Trump's uh, uh, political support at home. This morning's GDP data certainly didn't help his cause at all. It helped President Trump's cause, not President Xi's. Uh, so his only vulnerability really is, is in the farm belt. And of course, President Trump took action this week to kind of try to shore up his support in the Midwest farm belt. Yeah, what did traders think of that move? 
Uh, of course, three prongs of direct payments. We don't know the details yet, so how much support that will give is yet to be determined, but it should give some level of support. The trade promotion part of it, I'm not that optimistic. I don't think the trade's that optimistic. That'll have that big of an impact because export demand for most of our major commodities right now, wheat being one of the exceptions, is really strong. We're really having good export years. So I'm not sure how you build on that anymore. Uh, the third component about buying commodities for uh, nutrition programs, other social programs, I think that probably gives a little bit more support to our demand on the meat sector, perhaps the dairy side of things. I'm not sure how much it helps the major grains, maybe some of the more minor commodities um, uh, of some of the fruits and nuts type of things that were listed. But I don't think the trade expects much impact there in the grains. Now we're waiting to see if maybe something could get hammered out this year on NAFTA. And, and the word is uh, optimistic right now. We're hearing from various sources, both the U.S. side and the Mexico side, that since the newly elected president in Mexico, who was expected to be very antagonistic toward the United States, but instead he's been very friendly uh, and wants an agreement, now suddenly the outgoing president is anxious to get an agreement. And so we're hearing some optimistic statements from both sides that we could soon have an agreement between the two. And then I think Canada would probably follow somewhat soon after that. We're talking with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. All right, Arlen, let's switch uh, to our, to the production side. And uh, how do the markets feel about uh, uh, the crop that uh, we'll soon be harvesting? We've got a lot of problems out there, but we've got a lot of good-looking corn and soybeans. And so the trade is generally assuming that we're going to have above-trend yields for corn and soybeans. Maybe not the uh, bin buster crop that was assumed earlier in the growing season after seeing the sharp decline in ratings a couple of weeks ago. That kind of highlighted where some of the problems are and the lack of consistency in the crop. But the cool weather that we have across much of the Midwest right now is really great for grain fill. We saw this last year where we had a lot of problems in the crop, and then we suddenly went cool and we stayed cool, really lengthened out that grain fill period. And while we may have had a lot of tip pullback, et cetera, in a lot of the corn fields, the kernels ended up very plump and we had some big yields. So we're kind of seeing some of those expectations playing out. but. I don't think the market's expecting 182 bushel yield anymore like they were previously. All right, Arlen, so looking forward now, uh, maybe not a huge bull market, but are, do we now see the uh, the foundation set to, to have a, an improving market here for a while? I think that's a good way to put it, particularly for corn and wheat where we're seeing uh, virtually all the other major producing areas of the world have adverse weather to reduce stocks uh, for corn and wheat. And then we look at corn, I still see a very strong fundamentals long term, um, and that's in China as well as the rest of the world. China, though, is really key and I think comes into these trade talks as well. China is going to need corn and or ethanol if they're going to keep to their commitment to their 10 percent uh, blending mandate by 2020. Soybeans, um, I think, it looks better than what it did, but I still have some long-term concerns there. I still see China moving toward alternative protein sources with the ethanol production ramping up there. They have a much bigger supply of the DDGs that are going to be replacing some of that uh, uh, soy meal demand. 
And so I think the pace of demand growth in the world starts to slow on soybeans as we go forward. Um, so I think there's a lot of question marks there. What about on the livestock side? I mean, we keep hearing we're building stocks, you know, cold storage uh, uh, figures uh, showing, uh, you know, a lot of this meat backing up because we're not selling it to China or wherever. Uh, what's your uh, outlook there? I was very encouraged by the last cold storage report, um, particularly on the pork side. We've seen been seeing some robust export demand for beef, although this last week it pulled back quite a bit. Um, pork had been softening a little bit, but when we looked at uh, the cold storage and the drawdown that we saw in those stocks relative to normal is a much bigger draw than what we normally expect to see during the same time of year. And uh, that told me that domestic demand is much stronger than what we had anticipated. So I was really encouraged. We've got this big wall of pork coming here in the next few months. Uh, The board is already heavily discounted to that. We're still seeing pressure near term because the cash price is still falling. Uh, But when you look at that October contract, we're running almost $24 below where the current cash index is. Uh, That would suggest to me that... uh, uh, the board may have much of that already priced in. Well, recent weeks and even recent days have taught us, hey, everything could change <laughs> and yeah. often does in the next hour, let alone the next day or two. But it sounds like there are some positive signs starting to uh, develop here on the markets. Well, and I think today's GDP data is encouraging not only for the U.S. economy, but as the U.S. economy goes, that has a positive impact on the world economy, and that means greater demand for commodities. Uh, And that's the way I think the trade is generally um, interpreting it. There's some caution now going into the weekend, so we're not seeing any overly bullish expectations or anything, but it's just kind of helping support that underlying uh, sentiment of longer-term commodity inflation that we were in before this trade war talk kind of hit the pause button on that. All right, Arlen, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTLFC Stone. Coming up next, University of Illinois Ag Economist Scott Irwin, his thoughts on the aid package and what we're hearing on the RFS with EPA and what the president is saying All that coming up on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Stay with us. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information, and then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. All right, crew, let's get her dug. 
Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water in incredible 144 times a day. You simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're auto credit express and we've helped thousands of people just like you antonio h told us great company got me connected and the day i went in i drove off in the car i wanted 100 percent worth your time need a car get started now and drive off as early as today just go to 11 ignoremyscore.com right now that's www.11ignoremyscore.com auto financing the easy way 11 ignoremyscore.com get started today auto financing the easy way
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, we started off talking about being a busy week, and indeed it has been with the aid package announcement for farmers and then the EU-US deal and uh, the ongoing issues with China. Uh, We've had some interesting developments this week uh, when it comes to the RFS. We heard from the interim EPA administrator, Andrew Wheeler, that any deal that would grant year-round E15 sales would be part of a package. It would also include uh, uh, RENs for exports, and uh, the biofuels industry said, we don't want that package. That's not a deal we want. We want just the E15 sales year-round. So we have conflicting comments from uh, the president and his interim EPA administrator. So we got to see how that all plays out. And of course, uh, NAFTA, it sounds a little more encouraging, but nothing uh, for sure there yet. The farm bill kind of crawling along now as we wait to see next week if the Senate could decide on who their conferees will be for the conference committee. And then they got to get to those big issues, especially the the SNAP program. So there is so much uh, happening all at once here. All of this with the backdrop of, as the president is pointing out, and rightfully so, many signs of the general economy overall doing well, but a big part of that also is the fact that the ag economy is not doing well, and uh, that's why the aid package was announced, and it remains to be seen how much help that will be, Uh, certainly as we've heard over and over from farm groups, appreciate the help but we need trade deals. We need something more long-term than a check or an assistance plan. So all of this at play here at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. Um, We'll be keeping a close watch on it here and get more reaction for you here on uh, Adams on Agriculture. Already, as as I mentioned, we would probably see happening uh, critics of agriculture will really take shots at agriculture for getting assistance, and we've seen this before. I mean, there are, there are people out there that are critical just of agriculture having a farm bill and uh, any assistance at all. So there are always going to be critics, but uh, something like this puts agriculture right back in the uh, limelight. Uh, we've seen some of these programs before, buying excess commodities and, and putting them out into uh, feeding programs and things like that. So we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, market promotion programs, funding those even more. Well, that's good. Uh, obviously, it doesn't always help much if uh, then you wind up in a tariff trade war and uh, all that kind of gets uh, brushed aside. So there's so many things going on here at once. I thought it was encouraging here from Arlen Suderman, who was with us just this last segment talking about how there are some positive signs. Hey, low prices do attract sales, so that's good news. Uh, some signs of some... Uh, improvement in some areas and perhaps uh, a basis for the the markets to start well maybe not going wild in a bull market at least some some steady improvement moving forward so that would be uh, good to see so all of this we'll be watching closely here in in the days to come I always want to hear from you I would love to hear your thoughts on these issues and what you're hearing from our guests and what you would like to see us cover on these issues moving forward, or if there's a new issue that you want us to get into, you can email me, Mike Adams at AmericanAgNetwork.com, 
always on Twitter at Mike Adams Ag. Want to hear from you and your thoughts uh, on uh, what we're covering and uh, the issues and your your thoughts and your opinions. Really interested your thoughts on on the the two messages that are going out here. President Trump touting promoting his uh, strategy of using tariffs as a way as a means to get to good deals and he says tariffs are good that's the way to get things done agriculture saying tariffs are causing us a lot of pain and they're hurting us and they're hurting our markets and it makes it tougher to uh, re-establish those markets and uh, move forward on a long-term basis so we have two messages out there which do you think is the uh, the message that is correct are these tariffs working or are they causing uh, pain to agriculture that may be felt for a long long time to come and that then the question becomes do the means uh, are they worth it the means justify the end if you wind up with a good trade deal at some point down the line or with so much damage done in between that uh, you can't really enjoy the benefits of the deal you know a lot to look at here and a lot of different perspectives. I want to get yours. Mike Adams at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Send me an email, your thoughts on some of these issues, or on Twitter at Mike Adams Ag. You know, I want to take just a moment because it doesn't look like Scott Irwin with U of I is going to be able to join us. His schedule is not going to allow. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about this for some time as well. Whether it's in politics or in ag issues, uh, I think one of the real challenges we face in this country is so many people are automatically have all automatically decided already how they're going to feel about any particular issue and if depending on who comes up with the proposal they're automatically against it whoever comes up with a selection or an idea or choice some people are automatically against it before they even hear the idea or even hear the the uh, the choice or the, the decision they're automatically against it just based on where it comes from and this seems to be very dangerous to me and it's going to make it hard for us ever to break through and get things accomplished that doesn't mean you're going to agree with everybody on everything but it can't we find ways to work together on some issues and not automatically dismiss something just because we don't like uh, the messenger or where it's coming from so i think as we deal with these issues moving forward we're gonna to have to find a way to find some middle ground um, it just concerns me when i see automatically on in our media, you see a lot of this, and, and more and more with people, you just see immediately, you know what side they're going to be. They're, they assume that one side is always right and that one side is always wrong. And to me, I've never understood that. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make common sense that any one side or any one person can be right all the time and somebody can be wrong all the time. It just, it just doesn't make sense. That, uh, but yet that's kind of where we've come. We've drawn these hard lines, and the two extremes seem to be dictating and controlling what happens to folks in the middle wanting to find some way to break through on these issues without it being an all-or-nothing proposition. So those are the challenges we face in politics, in agriculture, in our society today. So the issues continue. Uh, We'll keep you updated, try to keep you informed so you can make educated choices and decisions. And uh, we'll coming up on Monday, we're going to have Darcy Vetter, former chief ag negotiator at the U.S. Trade Representative's office, her thoughts on these issues, and Jeff Cooper with Renewable Fuels Association talking about these RFS issues as well. So have a great weekend. Join us on Monday on Adams on Agriculture.